Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Well, as Kobe often says, uh, to the, the, the people who are the best at what they do, they think differently. Mm. They don't think extravagantly. They don't think all these grandiose uh, uh, thoughts. They actually are such geniuses at what they do that they can simplify things. Hey, Grinders, and welcome back to the show. Colin Morgan here. Just a quick announcement to make before we jump into today's episode is that I have a new show called Drive, which is launching this week. Um, It's an interview series, which I do on the golf course. The first interview comes out with Mr. David Meltzer. I would be honored for you grinders to be able to listen in, check out the show, any feedback, advice, anything constructive you have back for me. I would really appreciate, and if you could jump onto that YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, show me some love, um, I would deeply be in debt to you and be so thankful. So just wanted to make that announcement. I'll be uh, letting you know as the week goes on when it does go live, and keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate the support always. Joining us today on the show is a very special guest. We have with us Mr. Kevin Eastman. Kevin is a corporate speaker an internationally known basketball clinician who brings his knowledge and expertise in sports to the business world. He speaks on various topics, including championship culture, teamwork, leadership, motivation, and individual success. Over his 40 years in the game, Kevin has coached basketball at all levels, including 13 years in the NBA. He was a top assistant to Doc Rivers with the 2008 NBA World Championship Boston Celtics and most recently served as an assistant coach and vice president of basketball operations with the Los Angeles Clippers. Everyone, today on the show, you are going to hear some amazing insight from a true expert. So be sure you grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back, and dive deep in today's interview with Mr. Kevin Eastman. Enjoy. Well, Kevin Eastman, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Very good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, Kevin, say for some people, you know, being first introduced to you, um, just kind of in your own words, describing a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Well, that's a great way to ask that question because uh, often they'll ask just the who part. And, <laughs> okay, well, I get it. He's just a guy. And uh, what the heck does he do? So uh, the who part, uh, very simply for me, is uh, I'm a husband and a very proud husband to my wife, Wendy, mm-hmm. and a father to my son, Jake. And then uh, I guess to describe who I am, I'm probably one of those guys. Well, not probably. I am one of those guys who are on a 
uh, a daily seek and find mission to see different ways I can improve and different ways I can help others. Um, so in a nutshell, that's kind of who I am. Amazing. Now, uh, what I've done and where I've been, um, uh, I guess uh, it starts really in the profession of coaching. I was a college coach for 22 years, uh, 11 as an assistant coach, 11 as a head coach uh, at different levels of college from the lower lower levels to the to the high majors, what they call them levels. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from there, uh, I worked with Nike for a few years as a consultant with uh, their player development all around the countries with their elite players. Cool. And then from there, I had the opportunity to uh, enter into the uh, the NBA, the Professional Basketball League, and uh, spent uh, 13 years in the NBA, nine with the Boston Celtics and uh, four with the Los Angeles Clippers, and uh, had the extremely good fortune of uh, with those Boston teams being able to be the best of the best. Mm -hmm. uh, we won an NBA championship in 2008. Uh, we lost in the finals in 2010, uh, both of which, uh, you know, provided very valuable lessons. Yeah. Coached in two all-star games, coached all-star players, coached future Hall of Fame players. So, uh, and that leads me to what I'm doing today, which is uh, going around the country and um, actually internationally as well, uh, speaking about why the best are the best. It's, you know, your journey is absolutely amazing. And kind of looking back, Kevin, in your younger years, did you always, or maybe not always, but did you have an inkling that you wanted to spend your life in basketball being a coach? Well, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, I'm a big believer in just being as, as, as good as you are where you are. Mm. And uh, where I was at the time was a player in this, this big game of basketball. And, and for me, uh, it became a passion. Uh, I couldn't wait to wake up and I was upset that I had to go to sleep the night before. So uh, for me, uh, it, it just became a love. And it's when you love something, you do it all the time. And uh, I also think when you love something, you really don't think that much about the future. You're just so involved in the present and where you are and being the best you can be. Uh, and that was kind of my 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 daily mindset uh, each and every day. Just just be as good as I can be at something I love doing. Uh, and then as, and when I go around and speak, I often say this, especially to young employees and to to young people in whatever field they are in. Um, many times we get into that field because the people who hire us, they feel we have a passion uh, for that particular line of work. Yeah. Uh, but if you just try to survive on passion, that's not enough because the magic of your career happens is is when when you if your passion is really high but your knowledge about the craft is a little bit lower than that, where the magic of your career happens is when the, the knowledge catches up with the passion. Ooh, and, that. uh, and, and, and that's what all young people should, should strive to, to do. And that's what I did as a player. I tried to learn more about the game. I tried to find out why the best players were the best players. I tried to find out what coaches liked in players, what coaches liked in leaders. Uh, so that became my daily drive. And looking back on, I mean, there's so many coaches out there in the college system who have been doing this for so many years, and, and you've had the chance to see a lot of success and break into the NBA. Was that, when that opportunity presented itself to you, was that a no-brainer, or were you thinking at the time maybe sticking in the college game? 
Well, there was an interim period where I left the college game. That's right. Uh, so that I could get a little bit more time with the family because uh, my son was young then. And um, I still stayed in basketball by doing my work with Nike. But um, I, I have this personal philosophy. Whatever field of work you are in, for me, it was basketball. So let's stay there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the philosophy is never pass up a basketball opportunity. So while I was out, uh, I got a call from someone with Nike and uh, they were putting on a clinic. Well, actually, it was someone who knew somebody at Nike. They were putting a coaching clinic on. So he called me on a Friday and he said, hey, uh, uh, what are you what are you doing? I said, well, I'm driving home. He said, well, uh, would you have any interest in speaking at our clinic? I said, sure. Right away, I said, sure. It was an opportunity. And I said, uh, just, you know, give me a couple of days advance notice so I can get a flight ticket. He said, no, 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 no. Uh, the, the clinics actually this weekend and we got you a four thirty flight. I said, how did you know to get me the flight? He said, because you never say no to a basketball <laughs> opportunity. So I went there in the crowd unbeknownst to me was one of the higher ups at Nike. He saw me do the clinics, saw me work with the players. He said, we got to have him at Nike. Well, that eventually led to me working out. Doc Rivers is now the coach at the Los Angeles Clippers. Yep. He was the coach in the Boston at the Boston Celtics, uh, when we won the championship. His son was in the group I was working out. His son went back that night, told his dad, there's this really good guy. He has great intensity. He loves the game. He sweats with us. He's in there working with us. Um, So Doc kind of logged that. Well, at the time, Doc was in the interview process for the Boston Celtics job. So to wrap this story all up, I would have not gotten into the NBA had I said no, driving home from work to that clinic opportunity. So... um, you know, so often, uh, if we just had a mindset to always be alert for opportunities, I don't know that I seek them out, but I know that I'm more alert when something comes my way that I might be able to turn into an opportunity, not to abuse the person offering, because I think in the long run that 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 hurts you, doesn't help you. But if there's an opportunity there, I'm ready to seize it. So my mind works uh, with kind of a. Uh, an opportunity antenna up yeah. at all times. Of course. So building on this mindset talk, because I love this, you have had the opportunity, obviously being in the NBA, to be around some outstanding athletes and coaches and you reaching the levels you have. Looking back, what do you think separates championships? Say say specifically talking about your 2008 team, right? You had Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, among others, but those are the stars that people are going to know. What separates championship mindset from, say, others? Well, as Kobe often says, uh, to the, the, the people who are the best at what they do, they think differently. Mm. They don't think extravagantly. They don't think all these grandiose uh, uh, thoughts. They actually are such geniuses at what they do that they can simplify things. So... Um, you know, I, I actually uh, the the book I wrote uh, talks about why the best are the best and the words that are constantly being used by those people. So I'm going to take you there. Love it. Uh, championship teams are championship teams because they think differently. Uh, the best are the best for a reason. And uh, probably uh, the top three reasons uh, that, that I believe we were able to win a championship and all teams are able to win them is number one, they live in the world of the truth. Mm. You see a lot of people think the truth hurts. No, 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 no. So successful people, 
the people who win championships or whatever they're doing, they, they believe the complete opposite. They believe the truth helps. Now, it may sting. It may turn our ears red. It may embarrass us. But ultimately, the truth helps. So they seek the truth. And, uh, you know, the truth needs three things. You need to be able to live it. You need to be able to tell it. And you need to be able to take it. And that championship team and all the great players and all the successful leaders, I believe, the overwhelming majority, they understand all three of those. Mm. Um, you know, and, and each one, uh, you, you got to be able to live it. That means do your do your actions match your words? People can talk a great game, so but true. what do they produce? And then you need to be able to uh, tell it, you know, uh, if you can't tell the truth to each other in an organization or on a team, you really can't get to where you want to go. And I don't believe you can be the best that you're capable of becoming. Yeah. And then you need to be able to take it. And um, those guys understood all three. Uh, the second word I would throw out to you is the word intentional. The best of the best are extremely intentional about what they do every day relative to their craft, their development, their growth and their improvement. Yeah extremely intentional. And, um, you know, my definition for intentional is, is, uh, what you do on purpose to fulfill your purpose. So what do you do each and every day to fulfill your role, your purpose at that, at that job with that team? Um, and then the third word is they're, they're incredible preparation people. They understand that uh, in order to win under the bright lights, they have to produce and work in the smelly, dingy gyms of course. for game time. So, um, and preparation does a lot for us. Uh, you know, uh, I, I believe preparation gives you a, a, a dose of confidence. I believe preparation uh, uh, trumps pressure. Yep. And I believe preparation, if you really live it every day, preparation can actually be your separation from others, either as a team or as an individual. So those would be the three quick things I would throw at you. Yeah, you know what, I loved what you said there about being intentional, because I look back on, and this is something I've been thinking about for a while, because I played some professional golf, but I never made it to the highest level. And I look back and I spent hours on the range, but I didn't have a purpose for what I was practicing on. And now looking back, and it just seems to be a common theme with what you're saying and other athletes say, is you need to have intention for what you're working on because that hard work, like you said at the beginning, that passion just isn't going to be enough. No, and what you find out is because they are so intentional, they don't have to put 22 hours of their day totally. into totally. their workouts. They get more out of their two hours than some others get out of their four hours. Yeah, totally. And for you specifically, like looking back, because I believe the habits that we have directly reflect the results that we get. And it seems to be a common thing that, that you say as well. Looking back at your career, like what are some daily things you did, daily habits or rituals or routines, which helped you continuously push forward, move that needle and advance as, as a person yourself? Well, I'll first start out by saying I think there's two types of people in this world. There are know-it-alls and there are learn-it-alls. Mm. And it's the second group that has the opportunity to become what they've always dreamed of becoming. 
and to fulfill the goals they've set maybe as an adult uh, in their lives. Um, so, so having said that, uh, uh, I, I made sure that I read every single day. Hmm. Uh, and for the last 35 years, I've read a minimum of two hours every day. Wow. And that's as, as a coach. Uh, and, and now that I'm out of coaching, I can actually read more. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, you, you can uh, over here is my stuff for uh, today when I get to it. My articles, my magazines, and then <laughs> I'm reading uh, Ryan Holiday's uh, "The Obstacle Is the Way." Love it. So, um, so I read every single day because uh, that allows me to keep up, stay relevant, uh, learn new things, have mentors in my life that I wouldn't have been able to have because I never would be able to meet them. Well, I can meet them through their books. And maybe I can't ask them questions, but at least they can stimulate my thinking. Uh, so, so that's number one. Number two, uh, I, I uh, especially in my adult life, I have found time to think. Just sit and think every single day. Minimum of 30 minutes, and I'll take anything I can get above that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and, and people I know, people often say to me, well, how can you find the time? And my answer is, I can't. Nobody can find time in today's world. You know, I woke up this morning, I have a lot of extra stuff I need to do for a presentation I'm going to give in early December, and uh, I, I needed to find more time. And yeah. I, I looked in my briefcase, and it wasn't there. And then I said, oh, yeah, I left it in my car last night. So I went out there in a garage. It wasn't there. So I must have left it on, on the sink last night when I was thinking about it. It wasn't there. You can't find time. Yeah. If you want to be successful, you have to make time. So I got up at uh, four o'clock this morning to, as we say in sports, extend the clock. Yeah, of course. So, uh, so I had to find that time today. Uh, you know, I, I try and work out uh, every day because that keeps me mentally sharp and, yep. and I think allows me to go a little bit longer than maybe I would have been anyway. Uh, so uh, I also am uh, very intentional about uh, if I'm going to to have a conversation with someone that's going to be back and forth, I'm going to prepare a lot of questions where I can learn from them as well. So those are just some of the things I'm intentional about each and every day. Yeah. And for you, when, when was the transition for you out of the MBA? What year was that? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago. So what I find is during the, you know, the transition, it seems to be, was that difficult for you leaving? No. no, it was not. Nope, not at all. I think when you know it's time, you have no regrets. Ah. Had I been fired, had I been kind of semi-asked to maybe leave, uh, or if there was some other reason other than it was time, you know, I, this may sound uh, counterintuitive, but... I, I really wanted to give up my seat so that someone else can experience the things that I was able to experience over my mm. 35 years in coaching. So I was fine giving it up to a, a young person. And then, you know, uh, you, 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 have to, you have to be a little bit prepared, too. Uh, knowing I was going to do this at the end of the year, I still gave everything I had to Doc and to the Clippers. Uh, that was never going to be in doubt because yeah. that's just in my fiber. But... Um, uh, I kind of started to think about the speaking thing and, uh, I had done it a little bit each year in the off season. I tried to, uh, find, uh, and actually make two days, two speaking engagements each off season. That's okay. all I could fit in. Yeah. So I, I kind of knew I liked it then. Um, and then I, I, it's been fun. I, 
I kind of like being a rookie again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a rookie in the speaking business. So uh, now my challenge is to catch up to, to, to everybody else out there who's a great speaker. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, as you're speaking and with what you're saying, it sounds like obviously you're very self-aware, right? You're very self-aware and you're very intentional with what you do. Why do you find, do you feel like because you're self-aware, it made that transition easy? Like for you looking at other athletes and other coaches, why do you think that it's so hard for them to transition out? Well, uh, they're afraid to have a sit down and do a truth audit. Mm. I do a truth audit uh, minimum once a year, many times twice a year, where I just sit down and, and, and really think about, uh, okay, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Uh, am I still relevant in this particular area of my life? Whatever it is you want to uh, come to grips with. Yeah. Um, but And that's not an easy thing to do. It's not. You have to really sit down and... Um, uh, and, and think about what it is, what do you need to do to be great at your job? And are you capable of doing it anymore? Uh, because our skills, sometimes they diminish in all walks of life. Uh, some, you know, we're human beings. Yeah. So every human being leaks. We mm -hmm. leak confidence some days. We leak passion some days. We, we leak focus, whatever it is. Of course. And if you feel you're leaking which I was, because I used to wake up thinking, how can we defend the pick and roll? What can I tell Doc when I <laughs> see him today about uh, how we can improve Kevin Garnett's play? Well, that last two years, it was more about, wow, that's a neat statement. At some point, I can put that into a talk. So I started to, you know, Oprah Winfrey said something really great on her last show, and this is how I interpreted it anyway. Yep. Uh, take action on the things that whisper to you. Mm. They don't shout at you because that's too easy. Yeah. They kind of were whispering to me, Kevin, speak, Kevin, speak. And then eventually they didn't all of a sudden, hey, Kevin, start speaking. They didn't do that. So I had to bring it forward, which means I, I really had to make it become internal and become me and become mine. And that's where I eventually got to because of the whispers. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I had spoken to – David Meltzer, and he's the CEO of Sports One Marketing, and what he talks about is is right along the lines of what you talk about. It's not limiting your point of entry, right? Because I'm sure if someone were to come to you and be like, Kevin, how do I become an MBA coach? How do I get in the MBA? Well, their journey is probably going to be much different from your journey, right? Like if they no. followed your exact path, they probably wouldn't be able to get to where you are right now. No question. Yeah, it's yeah, right. I, you know, I often believe when, when you – when you go to a seminar or you go to a conference or you go to a coaching clinic or you sit down with somebody for coffee and you learn things that day, um, there's two choices that people generally make. They can either memorize or internalize. Mm. They can memorize what they, they just heard and they're going to try and go out and replicate it. Yeah. That never works. Yeah. It takes – because look – you know, we've all heard the term success leaves footprints. Mm -hmm. So I believe there's more to that than just that statement. We got to find them. We got to follow them and we got to fit them. So let's say you found David Meltzer that day. and He gave you a bunch of things that maybe you could insert into to your life, your career, your journey. Well, if all you try to do was copy them exactly the way he did, you know, 
I don't think that's going to work. So totally. you find them, then you follow them. Like if it were me, I'd probably research more about David. Okay, what else does he say about this? Because he probably didn't tell you everything with the time constraints you of had. Of course, of course not. And then I'd have to fit them. That's the big one. I have to sit down, put sustained thought to what I heard, then what it meant to me, and then does it fit with where I am in my career at this time? Or do I need to save it for maybe the future because I'm not mm. even close to that just yet? Totally. So, um, you know, that's what I talk about. You know, you can memorize, you can internalize. My guess is just kind of with what you've done with your career, you, you, you internalize a lot of things and mull them over before, boom, you take that action. Yeah, of course, because I think if you just take that action, it, it just oftentimes just doesn't work, right? And I think that it's just, it's having your own set of principles and being self-aware and it's all the things that you're talking about. It all encompasses into one thing. And I think if you can start to think that way and, and you know, speaking of your, but your truth, when you go through a truth audit, right, you had mentioned that every year. One thing I wanted to ask you is when you're going through that truth audit, are you involving others in this process? Like, are you reaching out to others and asking them, you know, I think I'm really good at this, but am I? Okay. So you do a truth audit. That's a big component of that. Like in, in, in my book, the, it's, it's, the subtitle is 25 Powerful Words That Impact, Inspire, and Define Champions. Mm-hmm. So everyone asked me to rank the 25 words. <laughs> and I couldn't rank them except for number one. And number one was the word truth, because how can we get there? If we don't know what the real truth is to get there, true, right? Yeah. So you'd have to do a truth audit. That's that's important uh, relative to the word truth. And then you have to have truth tellers in your life. Yeah. Those are the people who, uh, and and some of them are unfiltered tellers, <laughs> because we all have those. They don't. Of know course. <laughs> so listen to the message, not the 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 tone or the adjectives uh, prior to some of the words. Um, so. Uh, yes, I do use outside people, but I also try and sit down and think, um, let's say when I was in coaching, yeah. okay, maybe towards the end of my tenure, many of the articles that the sports writers were writing about was this, 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 and this. Maybe I could learn something from that. At the time, I was just mad that they wrote it, right? Yeah. So what I try to do is to take as much as I can. It's not just me thinking about me. It's what I've heard others say about me. Uh, I have this question. I actually did it when I was the vice president of the of the Clippers. Uh, I would throw a name out to people in the organization, and I would say, "Give me the three words that describe them. No sentences. Mm. You can't say he's really good at. No, 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 no. It could be preparer, communicator, antagonizer. Yeah, pain in the butt. You know, whatever it was." So uh, sometimes I'll go to people that I really am close to and, and I'll say, how would you describe me to others if I wasn't around? Okay. And uh, why do you think I've been successful for whatever success I have had in my yeah, life? Yeah. And why do you think I'm holding myself back? Mm. Uh, so what, you know, the quality of your questions determines the quality of your 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 information. Of the course. quality of your information determines the quality of your knowledge. The quality of your knowledge allows you to make the best decisions you can make. So so I want to get those answers. And if I want to get those answers, I have to ask great questions. You know, I, yeah. I have a term I call it, you have to earn the ask. Mm, 
Like Absolutely. if someone, if a young coach asks me, "What did you do to become a, an NBA coach?" I'm going to say, "Can't answer that. Mm-hmm. It's too hard a question for me. It's above my intelligence level. So you got to ask better questions." Well, what do you mean, coach? Ask better questions. Maybe ask more specific questions. Yeah. Now they say, "Okay, what do you do when you wake up the first two hours of your day?" When we, you watch a game film, what are you looking at when you're trying to study defense? Do you look at all five players? Do you look at the guy guarding the ball? You know, get specific with your questions because the depth of your questions will determine the depth of the answers and the depth of the information you get back. Yeah, I love that. And for you, Kevin, looking back at everything you've accomplished, everything you've been through, I'm wondering for you, if you could go back to a younger version of yourself, say let's go back some years to a, to a 20, 20 year old Kevin, okay? And you could offer yourself a piece of advice or piece of guidance and not necessarily change anything, but just offer a piece of advice or guidance. I'm wondering what that would be for you. Well, two things pop into my head immediately. One, I would have told myself to read more. The mm-hmm. reason I read so much now is I have to catch up to all you guys. Because I didn't read as a high school person. I didn't read in college. I probably didn't read my first three or four years out of college. It's really over the last 25 plus years that I started to really intentionally read. Yeah. So I'm still trying to catch up. That would be number one. And um, number two would be don't fear the consequence of failure. Mm. Okay. And the reason I say that is people sometimes don't even start because they're afraid they're going to fail. So I, I, I kind of came up with this philosophy a number many, many years ago, and it's a mindset that I have. And it goes like this, and I'll, I'll say it to your, to your listeners. If you fear the consequence of failure, please put equal fear to the consequence of never trying. Because when you do that, for me anyway, if the, if the consequences are the same, I'm going to try it. Yeah. So it totally reset my mindset. And that's important Um, if we want to become successful because the one thing no one has a monopoly on, no one, that's doubt and fear. We all own some of that. And and all of your listeners don't think that, Colin, you've had some doubts and fears. I certainly have. When I got into speaking, am I good enough? Can I deliver a a good message? Are the people going to like it? Did I include everything I wanted? No. Just do the best you can with your preparation because preparation also leads to a self-belief that I've done all I can do to be ready for this situation. So those are a couple of things that probably I would have gone back and, and told my younger self. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's fantastic advice. And I think a lot of people listening, rewind that, go back because if you didn't catch that, you know, there's a lot of power in that statement. And now for you, Kevin, the way we end the show here is I give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Well, um, I would probably say this. Uh, I was in, uh, we were in Milwaukee on the bus uh, when I was with the Boston Celtics. And I asked Doc Rivers, Doc's dad was a cop in Chicago, real rough section of Chicago. Yeah. So you can imagine he's seen a lot. Of course. So I said to Doc, uh, I said, um, Doc, if you could just tell me one thing that you believe is the best message we can give our players or anyone else in any other walk of life, what would it be? And he said, that's easy. I said, okay, tell me. 
He said his dad used to always tell him, he who angers you owns you. Mm. So as a coach, I think you can see if I get angry at the referees all the time, he owns me. Therefore, I'm not giving my team the best coach I can give them. A player gets mad at the referees or another player for the two or three minutes of the game where they're running up and down the floor. Mentally, they're not in it because that other player or that referee owns them. If you're a leader, or just in life, if someone really upsets you and you let that linger for two, three, four hours or days or, goodness gracious, months, then you're not going to give your best. You're not going to be your best each of those days, weeks, months, and years. So just be careful about uh, when people do anger you. Move on from it because really it's their problem, not yours. Totally. Kevin, what's the best way our audience could, say, reach out or just learn more about you and connect with you uh, online? Well, um, the the website is kevineastman.net. Uh, I also do a Twitter. As you can tell, I like to speak in bullets and quick hits. Yeah. Uh, so my Twitter is filled with not, you know, where I went to the bathroom last night or <laughs> uh, what I had for dinner. It's more filled with quick hitters on how to grow, how to develop, how to improve, how to be a great teammate. Uh, and what I found is now uh, it's really resonating in the corporate world uh, as well as the athletic world. So at uh, Kevin Eastman is the, is the Twitter site. And if anyone ever wants to email me, uh, feel free. It's Kevin at KevinEastman.net. Amazing. I'm going to share all these links. And anytime a person like Kevin is able to provide you with an email address, feel free to reach out the knowledge that this man has. I'm going to also share uh, your book, Kevin, um, Why the Best of the Best. I'm going to share that link where you can buy it directly online. Be sure to grab a copy of that book. Visit KevinEastman.net and also follow him on Twitter if you want to find out how you can advance in life and become a better person just overall. As you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today the truth. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the incredible Kevin Eastman. Kevin, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. No, thank you for providing this platform, not for me to speak, but for for all of us to learn from all the guests that you bring in. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Everyone, if you liked today's episode, please be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. (laughs) 